0: Welcome to the When I Am Week podcast. My name is Bethany Sloan and I am your host. So, we are on the last part of our series on Satan, um, part three. And um, this is a three part series that I was doing um, on Satan. And the first two parts, we um, discussed Satan and who he is and uh, what tools he uses to, um, attack our minds and, um, and how he's a liar and a deceiver. Um, but tonight I really want to talk about the tools that we can use to, um, to fight against Satan and his schemes and his temptation. So, The last scripture that we talked about was 1 Corinthians 10, 13, which says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so you can endure it. So tonight we're going to talk about the way out that God provides for us when we are being tempted. It could be argued that there are many different tools God provides as a way out for us to use when we are being tempted by Satan. But one of the main tools scripture talks about is the full armor of God. So that is what we're going to explore tonight. The full armor of God. I don't know about you, but when it comes to the full armor of God, I have a really hard time... Understanding what that actually means. I remember learning about it multiple times in Sunday school as a kid. And I understand that this is a word picture, but I can't ever seem to get past the word picture. I'm a preacher's kid. I grew up in church and yet the full armor of God is still a big challenge for me to wrap my mind around. I know what the full armor of God is, but I don't know how to actually put it on in my everyday life. How do we use this practically? Can you relate? It is so easy to teach our kids the full armor of God because all we need to do is teach them to memorize the word picture. But how do we as adults literally put on the full armor of God every morning? As adults, we all have our own morning routine. Maybe you get your coffee first, spend some time in prayer, get dressed, fix your hair, brush your teeth, and then leave for work. Whatever your morning routine looks like, we all have one, and I'm willing to bet that changing out of your pajamas and into your so-called outfit of the day is part of that routine. So how do we put on the full armor of God while getting dressed in the mornings? What does that actually look like? Let's figure that out together. We're going to start out by reading Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 in the NIV version. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer requests. So that is the full armor of God. And like I said before, this is a hard piece of scripture for me to understand. So one thing I did with this scripture as I was trying to really understand it Um, And preparing for this particular podcast episode, um, I drew a self-portrait of myself wearing the full armor of God. That might seem kind of silly, but it was really helpful for me. So if you like to draw or if this sounds like an activity that would be helpful for you then I challenge you to try this because I myself am a visual learner and drawing out the full armor of God on a picture of myself was helpful for me. If you don't like to draw, maybe take a printed out photo of yourself and then find a creative way to print off and place the armor pieces on the photo of you. The idea here is to visually see ourselves wearing the full armor of God. A lot of times when we see pictures of of the full armor of God, we just see the armor pieces. But I think it's really important for us to visualize ourselves wearing the full armor of God. Give this activity a try and let me know if it was helpful for you in understanding the full armor of God. After you have your um, self-portrait of you wearing the full armor of God, maybe label each piece of armor and then write what the piece of armor means or looks like in your life personally. For example, next to the shield of faith, I wrote, I believe Jesus is the author of my life. I will walk by faith and not by sight. This visual is very helpful for me because anytime I feel like the devil is throwing arrows at me, I can go back to this self-portrait of myself wearing the full armor of God and be reminded how to pray and speak those pieces back into my mind, back into myself. If I'm having a day where I'm feeling really anxious about or feeling anxious because of the circumstances around me or because of how other people are treating me, I can go back to this drawing and remember that I am wearing my shield of faith when I um, when I don't allow my circumstances or other people's actions to shake my faith in Jesus. I remind myself that Jesus is the author of my life, not my circumstances so my circumstances are not the author of my life jesus is the author of my life jesus is the author of my life not other people's opinions when i speak this out loud and believe it i'm putting on my shield of faith because my faith isn't in my circumstances or even in people my faith is in jesus christ So with that, let's look at some of the other pieces of of armor as we explore and research um, the full armor of God. And um, as we're doing this, write down some of this information so that you have something to write on your own self-portrait of you wearing the full armor of God. So the first piece of armor mentioned in Ephesians 6 is the belt of truth. What is the belt of truth and how do we put it on? According to Strong's Greek definition, the belt of truth is sincerity of mind and integrity of character or a mode of life in harmony with divine truth. The truth as it is discerned in a person, one's habit of thinking and acting in congruity with truth. Scripture tells us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So when we spend time with Jesus in prayer and ask him what he wants us to do and then listen to his words, which he gives us through his Holy Spirit, we are putting on the belt of truth. We are leaning on God's understanding rather than our own understanding. How often do we lean on our own understanding rather than asking God to speak truth to us? Especially in difficult situations. God is all knowing and He is able to speak truth into our hard and confusing situations if only we are willing to ask Him. If you need clarity in a situation, pray and ask God to speak truth to you. He is truth, He speaks truth. So you can just trust what He tells you. We also wear the belt of truth by being honest people. When we not only ask God to speak truth to us, but that we also then speak truth to others, we are wearing the belt of truth. Satan is the father of all lies and he wants us to take off the belt of truth through ignoring God's words and lying to the people around us. We need to keep that belt of truth on tight by both listening to truth and speaking truth. Interestingly enough, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, is attached to the belt of truth. Many assume this is specifically talking about the Bible, but the word word here in Ephesians 6 is rhema in Greek, which means speech, a saying of any sort as a message or a narrative. So now we're going to talk about the sword of the spirit. Certainly the Bible is the word of God, but God continues to speak truth to us through his Holy Spirit living inside of us. So when we listen to his voice and read his written word, we are putting on the belt of truth. And when we speak the words of God out loud, we are using the sword of the spirit. This is exactly what Jesus did when he was tempted by Satan in Matthew 4. Remember what we read last week in Matthew 4? Jesus answered, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus was using the sword of the Spirit to slay Satan in that moment. Because he was wearing the belt of truth. They go hand in hand. We are also using the sword of the spirit when we pray scripture. I went to a women's ministry conference a few weeks ago and one of the speakers said, we are are hearing the words of God when we speak scripture out loud. There is power in speaking scripture out loud because all scripture is God breathed. This is so powerful when we are praying for other people. Apostle Paul has many different prayers in his letters that we can pray out loud for other people. And David wrote many songs and prayers in the book of Psalms that are so powerful when we pray those words for other people. We can use the word of God as a sword, not just in our own battles against Satan, but in fighting for others when we are on our knees in prayer for one another. Try it and you'll find yourself feeling a lot stronger while you fight for someone else in prayer. It's crazy how when we're praying for someone else, somehow that makes us stronger. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And that, that, again, that word, word, for the word of God is alive and active, it means "rema," so the spoken word of god the the speech of god is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword and, interesting, and interestingly enough the sword of the spirit is one piece of the armor of god Next is the breastplate of righteousness. What is the breastplate of righteousness and how do we put that on? I've heard my pastor say many times that righteousness is right standing with God. And Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So I think it is safe to say we are wearing the breastplate of righteousness when we obey the words of God when we walk where he wants us to walk and do what he wants us to do, when we stand with Jesus, walk alongside our creator, and keep in step with him, we are walking in the right direction. Interestingly enough, the breastplate is designed to protect one major organ, our heart. Jesus lives inside our hearts. His Holy Spirit dwells there as we pursue a relationship with him. Our relationship with Jesus is the most valuable thing we possess and we need to protect that more than anything else. So I think we not only put on the breastplate of righteousness when we walk in obedience to God but also when we do a heart check. It is so easy to get our priorities mixed up and Satan loves to distract us with other things that may seem more important. Satan doesn't just use sin to pull us away from our relationship with Jesus but he uses everyday things like our jobs, our security, our money, our identity, our success or lack of. Satan wants to convince us that a college degree is what's most important that making good money is what matters most, that our success defines who we are and that our identity is top priority. He even uses our sense of good character to distract us from pursuing Jesus because if we are pursuing the things that make us look like a good person rather than pursuing Jesus himself, Jesus or Satan knows that we will fail and that we aren't pursuing what matters most getting a college degree being successful at work providing for your family and seeking to be a better person aren't bad things in fact these are all good things but when we make these things more important than our relationship with Jesus then we often find ourselves in a pride comes before a fall situation We need to check our heart and value our relationship with Jesus above anything else. When we check our hearts and ask the question, do I love Jesus more than anything else in this world? We are putting on the breastplate of righteousness because Jesus himself is the only one who makes us righteous. Getting straight A's in math class does not make us a righteous person pursuing a relationship with Jesus does. I love Jesus so much and I want to protect that love more than protecting my sense of financial security because my relationship with Jesus is way more important than how much money I make. Put on the breastplate of righteousness and protect your love for Jesus. Protect your heart. Protecting our heart's goes hand in hand with protecting our minds. So let's move on to the helmet of salvation. According to Strong's definition, the helmet of salvation is the protection of soul, the hope of future salvation. Satan loves to attack our minds with guilt and shame. He tries to convince us that we are not good enough to be loved by God or that we have made too many mistakes to make it to heaven. But Jesus meets us right where we are in all our guilt and shame and says, I forgive you. I love you. He forgives us every single time. We see this over and over again throughout the New Testament whenever Jesus heals someone who is physically sick. He also heals them spiritually through forgiveness. We also see something similar with this. Um, with Simon Peter, Peter wasn't physically sick, but Peter, um, but Scripture tells us that he denied Jesus three times after Jesus was taken by Roman soldiers to be crucified. We then read in John chapter twenty-one that Jesus feeds John and the disciples breakfast, and then asks, um, and then he asks Peter do you love me? And he asked, do you love me three times? And then Jesus says to Peter, feed my sheep. I believe Jesus is helping Peter put his helmet of salvation back on in the book of John um, chapter 21. Peter is most likely feeling very guilty and ashamed for denying Jesus three times. And Jesus is reassuring Peter of his salvation, letting P- Peter know that even though he sinned, he still has a place in heaven and he still has a job to do here on earth. He also, um, Jesus is all knowing. So when Jesus is asked Peter do you love me three times it wasn't because Jesus didn't know that Peter loved him I think it's because Peter needed to hear himself say I love you Jesus out loud and in saying that out loud Peter was putting on the helmet of salvation have you ever tried that Have you ever said, I love you, Jesus, out loud? When you say, I love you, Jesus, out loud, you're putting on the helmet of salvation. When you say, I am saved by Jesus, you are putting on the helmet of salvation. When you say, Jesus is my savior, and you say it out loud, you are putting on the helmet of salvation because you are reminding yourself and reassuring yourself who your first love is. Who your true love is, who your savior is, not as Jesus Christ. We can do the same that um, that Jesus did for Peter. We can we can ask Jesus in prayer to reassure us of the job and purpose He has for us here on earth. When we remind ourselves that we have a place in heaven, that we are a child of God and that God has a purpose for us, we are putting on the helmet of salvation. My pastor likes to call this preaching to ourselves. We put on the helmet of salvation when we preach the truth to ourselves. And we need to do this often. Next is the shield of faith. I already talked about the shield of faith a little bit, um, so I won't add too much to it, but the shield of faith is very important. Strong's Greek definition for shield of faith is faith in God of which Jesus Christ is the author. When we allow Jesus to be the author of our lives and put our full trust in him as the author and perfecter of our faith, we are putting on the shield of faith. Psalms 27 says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. There's a lot of scripture about putting our trust in God, and I think this may be because we struggle with trusting God over and over again. It is so easy to trust in people, to trust in government, in our jobs, in our circumstances, or even our church. First, rather than trusting in God first. But the hard truth is our church is not our shield. Our friendships are not a shield. Our money is not a shield. Jesus is our shield. Jesus is our shield. Psalms 18.2 says, "'The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, "'is my rock in whom I take refuge.'" my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Uh, So when we put our hope, our trust, our faith in Jesus, we are holding the true shield of faith. Jobs and people and friendships and family and our church, these are all good things. And these are things that we need. And these, these are things that we depend on. These are blessings from God. But they are not our shield. Jesus is our shield. Last but not least, we have the shoes of readiness or the shoes of preparation. Preparation. Isaiah 52, seven says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation. When we actively pursue a relationship with Jesus, and when we continually read his word, we are filled with unexplainable peace. But this peace isn't meant for just us. God wants us to share this good news of peace on earth with other people so they too can discover the love of Jesus for them. The love, peace, and joy of Jesus of Jesus isn't meant to be kept to ourselves, but is meant to be shared. We are putting on the shoes of preparation when we share the gospel of Jesus with others. Maybe it's through an encouraging card or a scripture verse that built your faith, Maybe it's a miracle God performed in your life or how you got to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior in the first place. Psalms 107.2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Jesus has, a re- has redeemed your story. Jesus has redeemed your story. And not just once, but he is actively redeeming your story every single day. But our salvation is not just for us. Your salvation is not just for you. You need to share how Jesus is changing your life with other people so they can allow Jesus to change their life too. Put on the shoes of preparation and share your redemption story with someone else. Then watch in awe at how God changes their life too. Perhaps you have heard the phrase barefoot and pregnant. Satan wants to keep us barefoot and silent. He doesn't want us to put on the shoes of preparation and share the goodness of God with others. But God wants to use your story for his glory. So put on those super cute shoes and tell your redemption story because these are the kinds of shoes that truly make a difference. Not just in the way you walk, but in someone else's walk too. I love shoes. Um, I have actually kind of a confession to make. We have a mudroom and in our mudroom, my husband has all of his shoes on like a shelf. So whenever our friends come over, they'll say, wow, your husband has a lot of shoes and they'll make fun of him because they're on display. But I have just as many shoes, if not more, as he does, I just hide them. They're in our room. Like I have a chest in our bedroom full of shoes. (laughs) And I just, my friends just don't know that I have as many shoes as he does. I love shoes. Whenever we go um, to the store, like Target or wherever, any place that has a shoe section, I can't help myself. I almost always find myself in the shoe section looking at the shoes because I love shoes and I mean if you're a shoe person then you know that there are certain shoes that just make you feel more confident when you're wearing them like your walk is just a little bit more confident there's a little pep to your step you know because you're wearing your nice shoes that's what our testimony is. Our testimony is like the pep in our step. It's, it's the really nice or super cute shoes that give us confidence. But they don't just give us confidence. They give someone else confidence in their faith walk. Or it introduces someone else to Jesus These are really amazing shoes, guys, girls. You got to wear your testimony shoes. You can't hide them in your closet. You got to wear them and you can't just wear them on Sunday morning, okay? They're not just Sunday morning shoes. Your testimony shoes are the shoes you got to be wearing every single day because they don't only give you confidence in your faith walk. They tell other people about Jesus. And those are the best kind of shoes to wear. So, wear the shoes of readiness. Put on the full armor of God. When we put on the full armor of God, we are able to stand against the devil and his schemes, but we are also able to give God all the glory and tell other people about Jesus and how amazing he is and how his love has changed our life. So that's all I have for you tonight. I hope that that was encouraging. Again, um, I challenge you to um, make a self-portrait of yourself wearing the full armor of God. And then whenever you feel the enemy attacking you. Whenever you feel the devil trying to attack you, your mind, your heart, um, your faith, go back to that picture, that self-portrait of yourself wearing the full armor of God and be reminded of how you can stand against the devil and his schemes because you are a child of God. Thank you for listening to the When I'm Weak podcast. I hope this was encouraging for you.